You're listening to Vocalo Radio. I'm Ari Mejia, community and audio storytelling producer here at Vocalo. And in addition to producing Shy Sounds Like and other stories you hear, I also teach Vocalo's free eight-week-long audio storytelling workshop that we offer to you, our listeners here, because at Vocalo, we want to represent you on our airwaves, your music, your stories, your Chicago. And so we invite you to apply. You'll learn from start to finish how to interview, record, produce, and mix your very own radio story that we will then share on our airwaves with the Vocalo world. Now you'll hear a story from our last workshop. Ryan Erisman is an illustrator and front of the house employee at Talia Hall. Ryan sits down with Sinhu Mendoza of the Chicago Architecture Center and Will Quam of the Instagram handle at Brick of Chicago to discuss the construction of Talia Hall and the Opera House's impact on the community it served. Here's Ryan bringing you a short history of Talia Hall. Inside, let's have everything out of our pockets, please. My name is Ryan Ayersman. On 18th Street in Allport in Chicago, Illinois, there's a colossal building. It's made of giant pieces of stone at least three, four stories tall, archways built for the doorways. It's built in with three storefronts and a restaurant at the corner. And I work at the music venue and event space inside of the building. The reason the building was built in 1892, now a Chicago landmark, Talia Hall. Talia Hall exists in the Pilsen neighborhood. Many of the buildings here have mixed-use brick for the exterior walls, and sometimes you'll see cornices at the tops of the buildings. That's kind of the great thing about Chicago neighborhoods. Will Qualm runs the Instagram handle at Brick of Chicago. A lot of them share similar forms, but they each have really their own styles based on when the neighborhood was populated. You'll see a lot of the same architecture in Pilsen that you'll see in like Tri-Taylor or parts of Old Town. You'll see a lot of that same rough, rusticated face stone in those other areas as well. Rusticated face stone. We're going to get to that in a moment. But Talia Hall does not look like anything else within the neighborhood. So in order to understand why this building exists and the neighborhood leading to the construction of Talia Hall, I went to Sinway Mendoza, the Director of Communications and Public Affairs at the Chicago Architecture Center. A lot of the Irish Americans and German Americans helped dig the canals that give us Chicago being the world-class city that it is today. Cholera outbreaks of the 1850s and 60s moved the original settlement out with the Bohemian Czech and Slovak people replacing them. They were into poetry and they were into shows, they were into theater, and the Bohemians, they brought that with them. Several discussion groups existed along with small clubs for the Bohemian people to practice the arts, but there was no one place where all of these various groups could meet up. Enter John Dusek. So John Dusik was a, a, basically a saloon keeper who was a, a bohemian. He sees the need. We need a place where we can have the arts. We need a place, essentially a theater. Dusek enlists Friedrich Faber and William Pagels as the architects who would design Tally Hall. Who are also known for building very nice homes for some of the Central Europeans of the time. Their architecture of the homes that they were designing are in Wicker Park. Talia Hall's entertainment shifted from opera performances into vaudeville at the turn of the century, but the various bohemian discussion groups and clubs throughout Pilsen would eventually become a conglomerate, forming the Bohemian National Alliance. And they meet at Talia Hall, working on a bill for bohemian statehood. 
Thalia Hall actually ends up being where they draft some of the language and agreements. The bill was drafted in 1915 and presented to Woodrow Wilson, who advocated to the Allies after World War I for the statehood of Czechoslovakia. And in 1918, it became a reality. The country becoming a country happened here in Chicago at, a, at essentially like a theater of ours. While the design of the theater would take its inspiration from the old opera house in Prague, the design of the building itself, Talia Hall, would take its architectural cues from the Romanesque style, with its arched doorways and rock-faced or rusticated masonry. The idea was to make it look like, oh, we found this rock out of the ground, and we put it in our building. You see that rock face and that Romanesque go hand in hand. The Romanesque is all about a building being as strong as it can be because they're copying these old cathedrals and fortresses after the fall of the Roman Empire that were using these huge, thick stone walls to make buildings as big as they ever had been in these structural ways. Now, these buildings like Talia Hall, they don't need the walls to be that huge, that massive to hold it up. They're just using it as a visual appeal. I'm standing outside of Talia Hall right now. I'd be remiss if we didn't speak about the crown jewel of Talia Hall, which is the stained glass piece that exists within the arch doorway. It's a semicircle stained glass. It has red and orange and teal, and it bears the number 726-728. Again, this building was built in 1892. Daniel Burnham came up with the new grid for Chicago in 1909, so this number, 726-728, is probably the old address to the building. As far as I know, that stained glass is original. Looking at this rusticated stone that we're talking about, it has sort of a creamy look to it, creamy color. It goes all the way across the building. I'm running my hands across it right now, it has that granular rock feel. This stone is Bedford limestone. Limestone specific comes from calcium, you know, old ancient seashells getting compressed together over millions of years. I believe Bedford stone is about 300 million years old. Bedford limestone is from Bedford, Indiana, sort of near Bloomington. And it's a stone that became really popular in Chicago after the fire because it's so easy to work with. Also, because it has that really fine grain, it's really tight. It resists water really well. It's really fine-grained. If you think of a marble, it's got those veins of color or granite. has quartz crystals. Bedford limestone doesn't really have that grain in it, so you can carve it in almost any shape you want, in any sculptural forms. You get it on a building like Nash Cathedral and a lot of churches around the country because it's so easy to carve, so you can get these crazy little gargoyles with really intricate details without having to worry about the stone cracking on you in unexpected ways. So the green man is a symbol from old pagan Northern European folklore of a spirit of the earth and of the plants and of the trees. And so you look at the carving of the man above Talia Hall, you can see his beard is made of these big spiky leaves and he's got little berries in his mustache and comes out of his hair as well. This is a figure that shows up a lot in medieval Northern European art. And you see him show up a lot in Romanesque architecture, carved in this stone on pillars, as uh, the corners of buildings, as just this little reference to this era that the building itself is referencing. Have a good night tonight, folks. Yeah, you too. Be safe going home.
This piece was produced by me, Ryan Ayersman, for the Winter 2023 Vocalo Storytelling Workshop. Special thanks to Sinway Mendoza of the Chicago Architecture Center, Will Qualm of the Instagram handle at Brick of Chicago, Brand Moorhead for their help, and Ari and Ariana for their guidance. And you can find this story and more at vocalo.org. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. Yeah, you as well.